Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seek Therapy Podcast. It's me, Jasmine. And America. And Jasmine Ty. And welcome back to another episode. What is that? (laughs) Okay, I don't hear it anymore. Okay, anyway. So how's everything been? What's been our highlights? What's been our challenges? I usually start, so, and I should have thought of this. Um, I think my challenge has been Janae entering toddlerhood. Um, Yeah, she's, like, hitting, like, just unprovoked. Like, I'm just walking, and she runs up to me to hit me, and it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I am working hard on my body, because of you. What is you doing? <laughs> Why is you doing this? So that has just been a challenge. And then uh, this person at my job that uh, approves my notes is just very annoying. I've been doing DMH billing for six years. I know what I should be doing. I know how it should be going. And this person is just such a, oh, remove this. Really? You're going to tell me it's a good note, but please erase this one word? Like, so that has been a challenge and just trying to not take it personally or react or not, not, not react, but not react negatively towards her, you know? Um, So, yeah. A highlight has been that it's been a very good week. Um, I got a new Stanley Cup. (laughs) So that's been nice. I've been staying on top of my water, been going to the gym. So um, I feel like I am finally getting back to that place of who I am. Um, And then yesterday we went to Black on the Block, which is like a big flea market type of festival um, with all black vendors. And I don't know if y'all watched. Did y'all watch The Circle? Anyone? Yeah, but I I didn't get to finish, but I already know who the winner is. Well, I saw her yesterday. And I saw Raven. um, And... They were together and they came up because Janae's cute and they're like, I just know you didn't walk up here just casually. Like, you know, you just went, congrats, <laughs> you know, so that was nice. Um, and just being able to support black business with my family, show my daughter the importance of re- redistributing our dollar to ourselves. Like, that was really great. What about you, America? How's everything been? Highlight and challenge. Um, so highlight. Um, I also got another Stanley Cup. <laughs> yes. Come on, hydrated. Um, <laughs> which is not the one I ordered. So they're sending me another one. Period. I know that's right. Um, so I've also been doing really well with consistency, water. Food. I'm still in it with dry January. Um, so 
been doing really good with all of that. Um, also got accepted into the internal family systems training. Yes, um, I know that's so right. <laughs> um, so those are my highlights. And then um, I would say the challenges are still around. And this is a sign because if this is still a challenge, this means I need to continue to do something different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but still managing the internal stress response, overwhelm, and all that good stuff. So that's still been a challenge. So mm-hmm. every week I've been giving myself the space to try something new. Whatever's working, we keep it going. If it's not, take it out, replace it with something else. So I'm gonna keep moving and grooving until you know things start to feel a little bit more like my baseline. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing those freezing showers? Mm-hmm. I am. Awesome. What was the baby Love step it. to that again? Was it just dunking your face in ice water? I mean, that could be a baby step outside of the shower, but inside of the shower, I would say start with the water how you normally do and then slowly turn it to make it cooler. Wait a couple seconds, turn it again, wait, turn it again. Wait, turn it again. Eventually, you'll get to cold, but it can be more of a slow buildup instead of you like boiling hot water. You're just gonna jump in a cold shower. That's crazy. <laughs> Be gone. It. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jasmine? How's everything been? Everything's been cool. It's been cool hanging in there with the new year. Um, yeah, I would say. My, I get caught up in what y'all saying. So my new new, nope. Highlight, nope. highlight. <laughs> Dang it! See, I get excited. Okay, you so, be so excited to put people on, I and I love it. Out. Okay, so highlight would be uh, getting back connected with people in my life and stuff. So reaching back out to friends, kind of just resurfacing again, slowly but surely, letting people know what's going on with me. Um, and then a challenge has been realizing that I'm living partially through seventh grade again through mm. my students. Mm. It's always something with these kids. Mm. So if you know a middle schooler, pray for them. Mm. If you have a child approaching middle school, pray for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and be sweet to your teachers. So, yeah. But it's just funny. It's like every day. I leave work. I feel like a better teacher than the day before. But my mm-hmm. mom calls me and she's like, you know, what's going on? I'm like, oh, you just seventh grade. It's always something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will never go back to seventh grade. <laughs> I recently looked up my yearbooks from uh, middle and high school and I was just like, mm-hmm, yep, never do, never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> um, but y'all know Jasmine also loves to put people onto new things that she is reading, watching, listening to, working out to. So let's go ahead and get into new new. Um, my new new is the Black History Month collection at Target. Mm. Oh, sure. this was like eight dollars. It's an eight dollar tumbler for your iced coffee so you can give Starbucks on a 
budget because we are not going to eat away all our money this year. So <laughs> go ahead and support our community. They have some really cute stuff. I got some stuff from my office. Um, pull up on it. What about you, America? Mine is also a Target edition because I don't think I talked about it last time, but my cup isn't in here. Um, and it was Tabitha Brown's. Oh, yes. I got yeah. some tea. So I got a, the, the glass cup that says take care of yourself. Love it. Uh, but of course, she had an array of all of the things, the popcorn. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. All that good stuff. She has little yeah. peanuts, salt and vinegar. I don't like salt and vinegar at all. Bless Smashing it. them. Bless mm. it. Really? Yes. Mm. I'm interested in the ravioli. So she had yes, me too. Yeah. What about you? I know you want to put us on. Okay. <laughs> so I was tired of hearing everybody with the stories and opinions and the whoop, whoop, whoop. So my Nunu can also be found at, Tar at Target. Uh, <laughs> but I listened on Audible and it was Prince Harry's book. Oh, girl, so, what's the tea? Because that man will not shut up about, about his family. Honestly, hopefully this is the end of it, right? Like, we got the Netflix. We got Oprah. We got Netflix. We got the book. And everybody just go, mind your business now, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think for me, the biggest revelation was that Prince William and Prince Harry didn't get a chance to be brothers. And you would think like after the traumatic loss of their mom at their young age that like they at least in my mind got to be brothers. And then at a certain age, they're like, OK, William goes into king training and Harry starts this book off and he's like, no, nah, fam, like since I came out the womb, my dad has been like, oh, here's the heir. Here's the spare. Cool. I'm done here. Like, uh, cool. And yeah. And so there wasn't that brother camaraderie. Um, that we would expect. And then my mom sent me a link to an interview with him and Stephen Colbert. And Colbert brings that up. And Prince Harry's like, well, yeah, that's because that's what the papers told y'all, that we were like this. Yeah. Crazy. So that's just a couple of things. I don't know if we needed to know that he was circumcised, but... <gasps> It was in there. <laughs> Why was that? It was a thing. You know what I mean? Um, so he, you know, he put it out there. It was a tell-all. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I was wondering how the tone of the book would end. And I would say that the epilogue was beautiful. I'm not going to spoil it, I guess, for anyone's spoilers. Um, but yeah. And then I read it with, I had a girlfriend of mine that also listened to it. So it was cool. We finished like a day apart and it was okay. cool. Everyone want to like spill the tea with it's read it fully. And, you know, now when I read all the BS in the media, it's like, oh, well, I don't have to be pressed because I read it for myself. Right. <laughs> hmm. Well, that leads me to, I hope that he has a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Great. <laughs> He is pro-therapy. He seeks therapy. Prince William, not Prince William. We don't know his business. Prince Harry, he seeks therapy. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. 
Um, well, you know, I get a lot of DMs and it can be from people I went to school with or whoever, but a lot of people want to know how to get therapy, how to access therapy, like where to start. And I know that it can be confusing. It can be challenging, especially if maybe you're the first in your family to be looking into therapy. Um, and so I thought, why not talk about how to seek therapy so that people have the tools? Listen, y'all, we're giving you an open book test and we're giving you the book. <laughs> so open the book. <laughs> That's one of my favorite analogies whenever I'm talking about like how depression wins and we don't do a lot of the stuff that we know will make us feel better. It's like we taking that open book test, refusing to open the book. We ain't forget the book, the book right there is on the desk. We just not opening it. Um, and so, yeah, I've been in therapy since 2018, I believe, off and on. And I've had multiple therapists. I've had a total of three therapists. I had two aunties. The first auntie, she was really good. She would like ask me some questions that I needed. Um, and my second auntie, she was good also. And she was like retiring. So it was like kind of not pushing me in the way that I wanted it to. So it's important to know what kind of therapy you would be open to. I felt like I said a lot no, at once. Right on the head. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Do you want I to go share with people how you knew that you wanted to go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so... I feel like I've shared that growing up, my biological father wasn't in my life. And so that gave me all kinds of fun things that I had to kind of explore and experience. Um, and so in college is when I started working out. And I talked about how my mindset kind of changed while I was working out. And I was having body dysmorphia. And I say quotations because it's not exactly how everybody thinks it is. But um, I was essentially like unable to see what other people saw. So it was like I was still seeing almost 200 pound me, you know, when I would look in the mirror, despite me losing like 60 pounds. Um, and so that's when I was like, I need to talk to someone about this, you know? And so I went and I went to the therapy center at my college and I was impacted. So I had one appointment and this, how I really knew I needed it. Cause I, I know this white woman, I'm just a boo to the hooing. I mean, crying, just <laughs> Eh, just everything. I said, oh, yeah, I need this. And I never heard the fuck back. I never heard back. Mm. Never. 
So I was like, well, I guess there must be someone who has more problems than me or someone who needs it more than me. So um, I didn't go back. I went, graduated grad school, I mean, started grad school. And then um, once I graduated from grad school and started to be a therapist, I was like, bitch, I need therapists. <laughs> and so whenever I got my insurance, I went to therapy. Um, and the way that I went through that, so I have Kaiser and I can speak on that uh, perspective. So Kaiser is raggedy. And <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. You thought it was going to be better than No, no, no. Um... <laughs> and so you have to call them and ask for a authorization for behavioral health um, services. Then, well, back then they didn't, I think they asked me a couple questions and it was like, oh yeah, this just depressed. Uh, yeah, let's let's say yes to this. So then I was just able to look and that was taking a long time. They was taking too long for my liking. So I was like, I'm gonna do what I need to do. I went on therapy for black girls, which you can also find me on therapy for black girls. And I'm looking, I was like, who except Kaiser? Boom, hit him up. And it was, damn, I don't, Dr. Freeman. Dr. Freeman was my first one. And that was great. And then she left. And I was like, no, you know, all of my secrets. Come back. <laughs> Come back. Um, so then I went to Dr. Hardy and then she retired. So I was like, all right, I think it's enough for this agency. So then I had to do the process again. And that's where I found Jasmine, um, who y'all know I love. But my husband was trying to go through Kaiser as well. And now they do like a questionnaire. And essentially, if like your symptoms aren't severe enough, then they're going to turn you away and tell you to do uh, the Calm app or something like that. Uh, so yeah, that, that's why I say it's raggedy. Um, I know people who were actively like in therapy and then they changed it to symptom-based so if you're, again, symptoms are not severe enough, then you had to just close with your therapist in like two sessions. So it's raggedy as fuck, you know. Um, but my depression comes in waves. So here I am still in therapy. <laughs> but it is challenging and it is annoying trying to go through it. And if you like really wanted to happen, then you have to do the work for it to happen. Because I promise you, they're not going to do the work to get you in there. They're not. Um, so that's my like experience with seeking therapy. Um, 
What about y'all? Do y'all, what's your experience been like with seeking therapy, going through insurance, any of that? What you got, America? I knew, I knew it. I knew that Jasmine was going to say that. I thought we, I was still looking. I thought we had it's supposed no. to be. <laughs> no, Jas- Jasmine, you're just really funny as hell. What? Okay. <laughs> Don't make me feel like I'm lost and confused. I lost okay. Or- so, okay. My first encounter with therapy of uh, was undergrad. So having to go into the counseling center of my university, which I'm fairly certain most large universities do have that amenity available. If mm-hmm. you are a college student, you are paying for that service in your tuition and fees already. Utilize the resource. Um, I happened to come across it because I had military benefits. And so I had to send my dad the bill each tuition and that's how just me reading through it, I came across like, oh, uh, once I got far, far enough in my classes, they let us go in for extra credit. And um, I ended up matching with a really good therapist that was on campus, Dr. Alaki. And, mm-hmm. um, and she just really was empathic and opened up a lot of things. She was patient with me because I was that person that like, you know, 19 years old coming in and talking about the same bullshit every week. <laughs> I'm not paying for it. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, and then he said he would text me that girl. And I saw him at the party. What was the face with those damn blue contacts? And I was hated. So yeah, so. <laughs> not the blue contact girl again. She brought it back. She said, I'm oh, not uh, So yeah. <laughs> Just to give y'all a taste of like what she had to put up with with me. So so once I fulfilled my extra credit requirements, I found that at that point, because I think we had to do like five sessions and it was something incentive, obviously. At that point, we started digging into my daddy issues and being the mostly at that point, I was 14, only child of an active duty veteran. And if you know, you know, like it ain't easy being cheesy. (laughs) Um, And so we started working through that at that point. And then that gave me the anchor to come back and start really digging deep. And with that comes those talks of self-worth and self-awareness. And with self-awareness comes, how can you change your behaviors? Uh, What are you noticing? And um, I would say that she used person-centered more, which meant that I could get to this self-actualization point. Um, One of my favorite theories in psychology is Maslow's hierarchy. Um, And so it makes sense to me. And she just, she pushed me to use the tool she was teaching to start unwinding what I was going through. She has a great analogy that I still use today, which is we all have a locker And as we have life experiences, we're going through things, we're putting stuff in this locker. And Mm. 
over time, it gets harder to shut it. Mm -hmm. And all therapy really is, is just taking the time to take things out, fold it, give it a place. And then it's just easier to close your locker. You're not throwing anything away. You're not getting rid of anything. You're just taking the time to organize it. Uh, and so that just always makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I, no, yeah, well, I don't take credit for it, but <laughs> you heard it here. Um, and so throughout the years, I have found strength and then I've terminated relationships. Like, you know, I graduated, got a job, moved out and was like, okay, I have these tools. Now let me use them. I got back into therapy when I moved back in with my dad as an adult. Which you know, I I am not wrong back in life. (laughs) Which I understand, you know, you see on the news and stuff like, you know, most of us around this age are going through it. It is expensive. If you don't believe it, just go look at the price of eggs right now. Everybody's going crazy about the eggs. I don't eat eggs, so I don't know. (laughs) No, they're tripping on the eggs. Eggs yesterday for nine dollars. The same thing that cost me $4 a year or so ago. It's, and it's $4 were like the good eggs. Like, or the good ones. Right. Right. Like the right. brown ones. Right. 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 Maybe five for organic. <laughs> so it's crazy out here. And so now I, looking back on it, I realized, okay, it was a normal necessity to have mm-hmm. to move in. But at the time I was like, no, like I can't process this. Um once I moved out, got back on my feet, got into grad school, it was another one of those, okay, I'm cool now. Um, but going through current life challenges, I'm now recognizing that like the tools that I know, the tools that I've learned have gotten me to this point, but in dealing with grief, that is something new. And as I'm saying things, I'm I'm not realizing that like, these are things that I should be now processing in therapy with, because of grief. So I say all this to say that as you go through seasons, in my experience, it's okay to take a step back from therapy, apply those tools you've learned to your life, but you still have to recognize once you start feeling that equilibrium is off, get right back in it. And then, of course, we'll talk about how you do that. <laughs> yeah. And I also like to look at it as like prevention, right? Because if you are in therapy and you're dealing with the things that are going on and you're getting tools so that you can cope easier, you know, when life lives, you're able to cope and you're able to deal with it. And maybe even in a shorter amount of time than you would have had you not been in therapy and so just looking at it as like a place where you can prepare for when life happens because we know that it's going to mm-hmm. for sure I think before I do my I think that's important what you just said too because I think for a lot of people we feel like there's a hierarchy of the pain and a hierarchy of emotions and so if what we're experiencing in that moment doesn't feel big enough or it doesn't feel as important oh I can figure this out or oh this isn't a big deal or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be then we usually wait until we're at complete rock bottom before right. we reach out for somebody to provide us some sort of support um 
And I think that a lot of that, especially for our community, of course, is around stigma. And if we're talking about Mm -hmm. Black women in particular, many, all of us have this role of the strong Black woman. And that's Mm -hmm. been placed on us to show up a certain way. We We don't get to experience sadness and anxiety. We are supposed to be all-knowing and do all the things and do it with grace. Um, And when we don't, we feel like we're falling short. And so just understanding that I like to compare us to cars from time to time. I like analogies. So like, I like to compare the fact that if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling anxious or you're overly tired or you're feeling sadness or self-doubt or whatever the case may be, there's a high probability that your check engine light is on. And in the same way, if your check engine light was on in your car, you're going to pull over eventually or go to a mechanic. <laughs> or you're going to ignore it like college me. And you can <laughs> ignore it, but what if you ignore it, your car going to stop. Eventually, yeah. Eventually. All right. So the importance of if you would go, you would go to a mechanic, if it's your car, then we got to right. look at going to therapy or seeking out support in the same kind of way. Yeah. Um, which I know is harder, especially when you are a high achieving black woman who deals with perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um, the feelings, <laughs> the feelings around um, doing that and admitting the fact that you are in need of help can be hard to do. So mm-hmm. I just think that that's really important because some people may not even realize that they're having issues. Right. So right. like Jackie, you said, um, you went to campus counseling. Y'all both went to campus counseling. One around, it, well, both essentially around issues with dad and then relationships and all of that. But if people don't realize that like the feelings that they're having are abnormal or not normal right. to them, it'll be hard mm-hmm. for them to want to reach out to somebody. Because if you, if your baseline is you feel right. bad a majority of the time, you just assume that that's how things are supposed to be. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not until we start having these open and honest conversations where it's like, no, you don't have to feel bad. You don't have right. to feel sad or uncomfortable or overwhelmed. There's things that you can do and that doesn't make you weak. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're crazy. It just means you need help because hell, life is hard. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I said all that to say, out of the three of us, I am the one with the least amount of actual therapy experience. I know okay. that's a surprise. Um, <laughs> or maybe um, so I have um, only engaged in some form of therapy two times. Once as a child, we did like one, maybe two sessions of family therapy. Sure. Couldn't tell you what happened, don't remember. Um, but I'm pretty sure we only went one time. Um, and then as an adult, I also went to campus uh, counseling um, at UNC, and that <laughs> was what it was. And I went to two, maybe two sessions. Um, and I was with a white woman. And at that time, I really didn't think that there was much of a difference there. But now I know that there is a difference. Um, but even in those two sessions, the conver- conversation, now that I look back on it, wasn't what I needed. 
And I think mm. that that's probably why I was like, essentially, I was like, fuck it, I'll figure it out. Because right. I heard the first time and she was like, oh, I want to say she absolutely was like, baby, this is major depressive disorder. <laughs> what are we doing? And right. <laughs> okay, so now what? And she's like, well, I'm going to prescribe you insert medication because I really don't remember. I want to say that it was Prozac or Zoloft. Yeah, that's where you go. I want to prescribe you this and I'm going to tell you. She goes, there's a high probability that after you take this, you're going to notice an increase in suicidal ideations. You're going to feel really anxious. You're going to have a racing heart. It's going to be difficult for you to sleep. You're going to experience a change in appetite. All of these things. And she was like, I just need you to promise me that when you take it before you before you kill yourself, her words, before you kill yourself, make sure you reach out to somebody. The fuck? I took the prescription. I got it filled because I was like, oh, okay, I guess I got it filled. By the time I got back to my apartment, I flushed them. And I was like, don't worry about it. I figured out. Literally what mm. I I figured mm-hmm. out. Because now, I appreciate you providing me this understanding of the side effects. And now I'm like, well, well bitch, what was the coping skills? And where right. were all of these other things? And that, I just feel like that shows negligence on the part of a lot of therapists and prescribers. And I totally yeah. get when people say, I've been through multiple therapists, or I don't even mm-hmm. want to, because it can be difficult to find somebody both with the knowledge and <laughs> who actually cares. Yes. Because a yes. lot of us, many, most of us that are in this, whether we realize it or not, we have a somewhat of a God complex. We feel like it's our job to show up and do all the things for people. We think we know better. And not me, because I, I mean, I probably got a I got God complex too. We all do. And so the belief is that you know better than people. And sometimes what happens is it makes you negligent and you're not willing to see your client as the expert and you're not willing to take the time to listen to what they're experiencing so that you can show up for them in the best way possible. And I think that for her, that was a great example of that. Because what if I would have took that medication? And that was it. She was like, take the medication. I see you. Hopefully I'll see you in two. Hopefully you'll see me in two months. Yeah. Baby. Okay. So I took a fuck it, I'll figure it out approach. And that approach has served me pretty well honestly for the last 12 years and now I'm back in okay wait a second now we gotta re-strategize and figure something else out and do something different so for the people who are listening who have not participated in therapy or have only tried once or twice and said fucking never mind I am you and you are me and I understand Um, and I think that that's why these conversations are important because everybody has a different experience so Mm -hmm. I've had super like Jasmine, you love Jasmine and you love women before <laughs> her. And so just understanding that it's almost like a relationship. It you know? is. It you literally know? is. You're going to have to date around and have the patience to be willing to meet different providers, get to know their styles, what feel good, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. and then make a decision from there. But it doesn't mean don't try. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the lesson that I've learned. Definitely. Um, you touched on something that I wanted to touch on, which was um, when therapists don't allow you to be the 
um, expert of your life. And so I wanted to just kind of talk about how it would look if maybe the therapist that you're meeting with is not a good fit for you. Um, so let's say you're describing something and they're just completely off, <laughs> just like completely don't understand what you're talking about. Let's say maybe you're talking about um, how stressed you are with responsibilities, with work, with all this stuff. And they say something like, oh, um, well, have you thought about just not doing any of your responsibilities, you know, and just something just off the wall, then you're like, how do we get here? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know, if you um, leave therapy feeling worse <laughs> than you did before you left, that um, is a good indication that that is not the best fit. And I don't mean they kind of read you your rights and like called you out and held you accountable. I mean, like they didn't help. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't say anything that was helpful or um, give you any insight or, you know, just, it was not helpful. Chances are that's not the best bet. Um I'm trying to think because there was that whole post where people talked about all the shitty things that they've experienced in the um, therapeutic space. And it really did make me sad because, like, this is people's lives. Yeah. It's a vulnerable space to be in. It is. So feeling safe and feeling that you are in competent hands is an essential part of the therapeutic relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of that too, I saw that thread too, Jasmine. And one of like, if you're in a session with a therapist and you are black or brown and they are completely dismissing your concerns related to racism, um, if you are a part of the LGBTQIA plus community and they are making comments around um, how that's against God or whatever other religious conversation, or if you're saying I'm depressed and they're saying, well, you just need to pray about it mm-hmm. or I'm anxious, well, you should just pray about it. Like we really got to understand that all of us have biases as therapists, of course, but the, cause we're human, but understanding that those things can't show up in the therapy room. And if they do, you need to check your shit. And so really paying attention to see what that comfort level is. And if you're comfortable with this person, because when you said the one about you might feel, I always tell people, you may come into this feeling one way. And after a session, you might not feel better, but really check in with yourself about why you don't feel better. Is it because I've said something to offend you? Is it because I've made you feel judged? Is it because you feel like I'm not hearing what you're saying? Or is it because I snatched your wig a little bit? Because it's always going to be that I snatched your wig because we doing That's what we do, you know? Because we we don't have time to be playing around. So I think that's important. Like, there's always, I saw this whole discord around, I don't feel comfortable because my therapist drinks water during our sessions. Or Immediately, no. I'm drinking water. Listen, 
Okay. I'm gonna drink water, beet juice, green juice, orange juice. You might see me drink a protein shake. You might see Coffee. me drink ashwagandha. You might see me well, drink. You tea. will. You won't be here. And I'm not gonna not do that. Right. And I'm gonna actually right. I'm gonna allow you to do these things mm -hmm. as well. It's a safe space for both of both us. Yes. Now, I'm not going to be crazy and eat a full course meal. I might really be thinking about it. You might hear the microwave go off because I planned my meal already, right? You're going to hear that. But I'm not going to sit in front of you and eat a full meal. Like, I'm not going to do it. But if you want to do that, I always hold the space. For right, you. right. Because if you have eat all day, please right. eat. Do what you need to do. But yeah. And so that's also an important thing to think about, like, is this person allowing you to show up as your full self and allowing you the space to do what you need to do, right? And showing you grace when things come up, but also holding you accountable because you know when things are going to come up. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Some questions that I asked my therapist when I was looking for a new therapist, because I didn't really ask too many questions for my auntie therapist. Um, I was just like, happy to be here. But this time I was like, no, we're going to do the work and we're going to be honest about everything. Because with the aunties, I didn't tell them I smoked weed. Like, you know, yeah, okay. they aunties, they went to the theology school. Like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not telling them that. Um, so the first thing that I asked Jasmine was, how do you feel about weed? She's like, I don't mind it. Like I smoke. I was like, perfect. Do you have kids? Yes. Perfect. Uh, let's do this. Uh, what kind of, what's your theoretical style? She's like, psychodynamics, some aspects of CBT, you know, a whole cluster of things that I just present. And I was like, same it's giving so let's try this and we went ahead and everything was going great but you have to know what's important for you and you want to make sure that they understand that and that they kind of have like same kind of values on a level because you don't want to be talking about something like maybe abortion maybe you know, and then they're like, oh, well, that's not right. Like, you know, this it's not the space for that. So um, if there's any pressing issues that you see yourself wanting to talk about, I would suggest kind of asking, what's your stance on this? Like, what's your history with this? Like, do you feel comfortable talking about this? Like, I, I'm polyamorous. Like, you know, just making sure that you are... Um, asking the questions that you need to ask so that you feel comfortable going into the setting. Mm -hmm. And I would say too, some of those questions you might be able to get from that provider's website. People, when you are looking for therapy, as overwhelming as it can be, read. Because people sometimes have that information on their website and not necessarily what you're saying, Jessica. Right. They're not gonna have, yeah, I'm cool with weed. Like, no, I'm cool but, with weed, right? Um, but I think <laughs> also, it's not gonna say 420 friendly on this 420, site. 420 friendly and have somebody <laughs> you bring a joint, I bring a joint. <laughs> we gonna match. <laughs> like, you're not gonna see that. I'm on it. 
like for me, as I'm entering back into this, looking for therapists and figuring out what that looks like, one of the things that I'm going to be paying close attention to is do they have a license? Because I've seen these better, and I'm not going through better help. Let me be very clear. But I've seen these better help threads where there's no way these people are licensed, not with the same license I have. Ain't no way because I'm not understanding. Um, so I would pay attention to what their credentials are. Um, I would want to know, are the, am I their ideal client, right? So like, have they worked with individuals who are experiencing some of the same things that I'm currently experiencing? Um, what is their, yes, what is their treatment? I think I would add, like, I think us as providers would ask that because we know kind of what to look for, but some people might right. not know the difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not sure about the different theoretical approaches, then you could ask them, how can therapy, based on what I've shared with you today, how can therapy help me? And that's I think, a good one. That's yeah. a good one. And so that gives you an opportunity to hear from that provider just based on that 10, 15, 20. I know some people do 30 minute consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is that you, they've heard so you can make sure that they are somebody who's engaged and paying attention and able to help you connect those patterns so that you can do the work there. Um, and then one question that people always, not always, majority of the time ask me that I think it's a great question is how will I know if this is working? Mm. And I think that's particularly important if you've never engaged in therapy before, or if you've had some issues with therapy is because it, it's going to help you as the individual, it's going to help you really understand this process so that you can have realistic expectations. Because I think some people go to therapy thinking, oh, I feel I feel really bad and I'm feeling really overwhelmed and this should go away after my first session or two. And so we have to really identify the like, no, baby, mm-mm. it's probably mm-hmm. 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 Plus years right. of stuff that's impacting yeah. how you're showing up this isn't a one or two session kind of deal. And so right. making sure that the client and the provider also has realistic expectations of what that work together look like. Yeah, definitely. I always let people know, like, you didn't get like this overnight. <laughs> so don't expect to have all these symptoms just like be gone overnight. Right. Like, let's give ourselves work. the time. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, as much as I would love, love to take you from the the pain to thriving and feel good in a day or two, it's just not realistic. I would love that too. I want everybody to feel good, but we got to understand that that's just not a realistic expectation. Yeah, you got to be comfortable with shopping for your therapist, right? You're spending mm-hmm. money on it some sort of way, even if your insurance covers you. Uh, some people have co-pays. Uh, at one point or another, you are paying for it. So get your money's worth. Shop. Um, a big one for me is validation. Are you able to go to that therapist and are they validating your experiences and what you're sharing? Because it is such a vulnerable space, a lot of us go into therapy and we tell this literal stranger this licensed stranger, uh, things that we don't share with our best friends, our intimate partners, our parents, uh, close family. So uh, validation is a good thing. Are they receiving and understanding what you're communicating? 
are they diving deeper into what you're saying and not allowing you to really sit on the surface? Yeah, okay, so so and so made you mad, but what is that real what is that anger really stemming from? So for me, one of the things I love about being on the receiving end of therapy is walking out of a session and feeling feeling a little bit lighter, but it's still kind of like, ooh, like, oh, like it just, it re- like you really got your wig snatched. Like, <laughs> it feels raw. Sometimes. Yeah, like, raw. Like I was trying to find the, the right verbiage for it, but yeah, raw. Like, uh, but in a good way, in, an, in a renewing type way. Uh, for me, the moment I knew that I wanted to be a therapist was leaving a session and realizing that I wanted to provide someone with that, that click of like, literally, it's not just me going through this shit. I'm not actually alone. Um, and a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this to this day of like, allowing myself to feel and think that you're just in it alone, and you got to fight your way, claw your way out of whatever the circumstance may be. Uh, and that's not the case. So shop one of the, the resources I really like that uh, makes it easy in a way to follow the steps that America was saying is psychology today. So there you just plug, she's saying no, but as a good starting point, possibly, I particularly was not a fan of better help when I did my research in it. But psychology today, I do like that you can put in your zip code and you can filter out what you're looking for. If you know what type of therapy you're looking for, uh, I think they even have it in there that you could do gender by insurance. That way you're only looking at people that for sure take the insurance that you have um, and cater to those initial things that you may be looking for. That's only going to provide you a filter of who is in the zip code that you provide. It's still up to you to go in and then decipher, is this person a fit for me? Um, Those pages do tend to have all of the different arrays of areas that those therapists have experience in. Um, And yeah. The only reason I shook my head real hard is because a lot of <laughs> it's a real hard for me. <laughs> a lot of black providers got off of psychology today. Um, because psychology today did a couple of um articles filled with microaggressions, um, mm-hmm. particularly around black women, and they also ran ads for Donald Trump uh for at, at least a month around election time. So I know a lot of us said be blessed and got off of psychology today. And so just making sure that folks, if you're particularly looking for somebody black and brown, um, I think, yes, psychology today is known as like the the holy grail. That's where people go. Not understand that, but then also knowing that there might be some providers that you may be missing out on because they made that decision to switch. Very valid. I, I didn't know that. They did a whole article about blackness, women not being beautiful, and like shut the fuck. I'm sorry. What? And then this whole thing about how Karen is a micro, how the using Karen is a microaggression, and how we should be more sympathetic to racist white women. And it was like this whole thing. It was it was a whole thing. 
So just be a mindful. Okay. Of so from the yeah. bottom of my heart, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck all of that. Uh, therapy for black girls Correct. exists. That's it's where cool. I reside. Um, there is also therapy for black boys or mm -hmm. men, mm -hmm. men, black men. Um, and then there's also Open Path Collective, which offers lower uh, cost therapy. So if you don't have insurance, that's a good option as well. Now, be mindful that some people may not be licensed. They may be being supervised by someone who is licensed. And that doesn't mean that the quality is not going to be the best because I've been unlicensed as well. So um the, that is some options that I am aware of. Um, and also, don't be like on TikTok or Instagram necessarily looking for a therapist. Because no. just because people post mental health content don't mean that they are qualified to do so. No, chances are they're struggling with stuff they're telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there's other ones, and you might notice overlap, especially um, on the black brown directories. Um, so there's also inclusive therapists there, and we can list these, I'm guessing, in the show notes too. But inclusive therapists, there's clinician of color directory, there's melanin and mental health directory, um, there's therapy den, which is um, an array of folks, but still, some I know they are somewhat inclusive as well. Um, and then also the, the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, which is with Taraji, uh, and they have a directory as well. But again, you'll probably notice some overlap because many of the Black providers in your area are probably on more than one of those directories. Yes. And the last kind of resources that I wanted to share um, was a couple of therapy scholarships. So there's Black Girl Smile. They have a therapy fund for two to six therapy sessions. Love Land Foundation, they do four to 12 therapy sessions up to 120 per voucher. Um, there is the Boris L. Henson that offers five free therapy sessions. Um, there is, in Washington, there is at WA Therapy Fund, um, where they also have funding for therapy. There's National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network that offers six therapy sessions up to $100 in value. Um, and that is what I know of. So I will also be sharing that to our Instagram um, stories when the episode drops and let's go ahead and get some therapy y'all like so many people yeah. in our life have got therapy and I'm gonna take a little bit of credit because I'd be out here like hey you should get it this is what you could talk about a therapist uh, 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 therapist hey, 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 hey. like I'll be out here trying to give them the therapy so That's right. yes and one more for um uh voucher or financial resources at one point i'm not sure if they still are I'm, they probably are the black female therapist directory they have a instagram page um and they also provide uh vouchers or payment 
for people as well. Yes. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And for, for you don't have to provide proof of income for any of those resources that I know of. That don't mean just be out here abusing the things because we don't. Think right, right, right. <laughs> but just a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that we did some commitments the last time that we met. And so I just wanted to round it out. Well, finish it out with that. Um, so my commitment was to do two yoga sessions in a week. And I did. I've incorporated yoga uh, throughout the week. And so, yes. What about y'all? Mine was to commit to stretching every time after I lifted and baby, I did. Won't he do it? Yes. Okay. Mine was a bedtime and we didn't make it all week, (laughs) but I did start a new workout, which is a dance class. And I made it to that three times. Good. Period. And so let's celebrate that. That is the progress. Yeah. <laughs> I did something. It just wasn't what I said. I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna get it together. We are hopefully. Uh, yes. But hopefully you all have got something good from this episode and you are inspired to go out and seek therapy for yourself. Just know that you are the best. Um thing that you can work on, you know, you can always improve. And so therapy will also help you with that. So pull up, let your friends know that we get in therapy this year. Remember, you can drink the kale drink, you can do CrossFit, you can do Legree, um, and you can walk 20,000 steps a day, but if you're ignoring the things going on in your head and in your heart, then you're still not truly healthy. So go on ahead and seek therapy, honey. We all need it. We will see y'all soon and take good care. Bye. Bye.